I was working as a research scientist at a pharma company. And when I was working as a research scientist, I realized that hey, this is not what I want to do um, with my life. And when that realization happened that, hey, this is not what I want to do with my life, then I asked myself the question that if you don't want to become a research scientist anymore, then what do you want to be? The answer that came from within was, I don't know. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this or watching mm -hmm. this uh, will be able to relate to um, this, right? Where maybe you have been in the spot where uh, in the place where you didn't enjoy what you were doing. Also, you didn't have clue about what you should be doing next. So my parents wanted uh, me to go to the US and uh, um, I was topper at my college and I was preparing for GRE. I was doing podcast. I would go and study GRE, uh, you know, for a, for a few days. And then that would bore me to death thinking that I already hate my job and I'm going to go in. Uh, take masters in the same for the next uh, two years and then leave rest of my life becoming you know in the lab which is something that I can't imagine um, and then I'll go back and focus on podcast and my parents would notice that he's not you know doing any of the GRE prep and they'll say hey what's up with this and I said oh okay I'll go that and this kind of switching happened for a while and then one day I told them that hey you know what this is not what I want to do with my life I packed all my, uh, you know, GRE stuff and um, threw it in the corner of the house and said, okay, this is it. Just give me one year of my life. If I'm able to make anything out of this, great. If not, then I'm going to leave the rest of the life in your terms. But I need one year of my life from you. And, uh, and my dad ended up not talking to me for two weeks. Hey, this is your host Manakshi Srivastava, also known as My Boho Voyage, and I welcome you to another amazing episode of Inspiring Explorers. And as the name suggests, Inspiring Explorers is all about inspiring you with the inspiring life journeys of some of the most successful personalities from around the world, and they also share with us some interesting travel experiences that are not limited to sightseeing. For this episode of Inspiring Explorers, we have an inspiring explorer who happens to be an absolutely epic podcasting guru of more than 25k plus people, including me, Bijay Gautam. Bijay Gautam is also the host of the immensely popular podcast show, The Inspiring Talk, with over 1 million plus listens and ranked hash one in the personal growth category and has interviewed some of the most successful personalities from around the world on his podcast. Vijay is also the co-founder of Pine Studios, also known as What's Your Narrative, and has served brands like Amazon, Nokri.com, Spotify, Mama Earth, and more to tell their brand stories through the power of podcasting. Apart from being an accomplished podcaster, Vijay is also a public speaker and has been invited to speak at conferences like Professional Speakers Summit, FFX Festival, BlogX, and many more, sharing his insights on the personal transformation and inspiring others with his story. So what is Vijay's story? How did he change his own narrative to becoming a podcasting guru and the host of one of the best podcast shows in India? Join us in this episode of Inspiring Explorers to hear Vijay's incredible inspiring journey. And before we start this episode, let me tell you that you can watch all my Inspiring Explorer episodes on my YouTube channel, My Boho Voyage. You can also listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Just search for Inspiring Explorers on the apps and you'll find the show. All the links are mentioned in the description box below. So do go check them out and also come connect with me on Instagram 
Instagram at the rate my boho voyage. So without any further ado, let me welcome our amazing guest for today, Bijay Gautam. Welcome to Inspiring Explorers, Bijay. Super, super excited to have you on Inspiring Explorers. Thank you, Minaxi, for having me one more time. And you conveniently sent me a message saying that last time at bola apne, to uh, <laughs> I'll give you an opportunity, another opportunity. So I'm like, okay, I would definitely love to take another shot at uh, you know doing an episode which possibly or hopefully qualifies as for your standard. So let's do it. <laughs> I didn't say it. I, I said that it didn't like you said amazing things back then as well. But your mic just fell off in the middle. There were a I lot know. of static and mm. you were in Nepal that time. I oh, could hear your yeah. beautiful Nepal, you know. Okay, got it. Hmm. Yeah. Now we have like fancy setup. I hope this uh, and uh, uh, and mic can fall off in between, but um, <laughs> but it will fall in a more classy way, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So yeah. we can show more classier version of Wine Studios. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So very, very first question to you, Bijay, that I think a lot of people might have a query on that you were you used to be a scientist. So being a scientist to now becoming a podcaster and that to not just a podcaster, you're India's top podcaster. So how did that switch happen in your life? Um, you know, one of the things that I always uh, tell when I'm talking about my own journey is I was working as a research scientist at a pharma company. And when I was working as a research scientist, I realized that hey, this is not what I want to do um, with my life. And when that realization happened, that hey, this is not what I want to do with my life, then I asked myself the question that if you don't want to become a research scientist anymore, then what do you want to be? The answer that came from within was, I don't know. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this or watching mm -hmm. this uh, will be able to relate to um, this, right? Where maybe you have been in the spot where, uh, in the place where you didn't enjoy what you were doing. Also, you didn't have clue about what you should be doing next. And uh, maybe some of you are in that space right now. Now, when that realization happened, I asked myself if, you know, uh, if that's the case, luckily for me, I was exposed to this whole world of personal transformation. I was reading a lot of self-help books, attending conferences, watching TED Talks and getting inspired by these amazing people. And I thought, hey, you know what? Let me ask these people on how they figured out what they wanted to do in their life, right? And uh, I thought that would be interesting way for me to try and find my own blueprint on what should I be doing next in my life. With that intention, I, you know, I started interviewing people and bring them on my show and, uh, you know, share it with the world. And that's how I realized, wow, this is really interesting. I think this is what I can do for the next rest of my life, right? And um, and, and that's how I sort of got into podcasting. Uh, it was me trying to figure out my own, try to sort of, as they say, scratch you on back. So that was me trying to sort of solve the solve. Um, you know, find the answers for my own life and journey. And that still holds true today. Um, I'm a big student of personal growth and I love exploring the ideas of personal growth and experiment and then play with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, my show today is now more evolving, you know, is more 
um, evolving as a go-to personal transformation podcast where we go really deep into the personal growth, personal transformation ideas and um, and uh, deep dive into it. And, uh, and, and I find the people who can help me understand the concepts that I want to understand. So I bring people who are experts in the topic and learn from them. So it's essentially... Uh, you know, a personal mentorship that I get from these amazing people on my show, but I just give it the name of a podcast. So I think that's what, you know, that's how I sort of transitioned from being a research scientist to, um, you know, doing a podcast. And then because I love the medium so much, I said, um, you know, I want to uh, help a lot of people do the same as well, share their message and look at you, you are doing the uh, same with your podcast and also work with brands and help them with their brand narratives. And that's what we do at Wine Studio. And I think uh, not just your podcast, but Wine Studio is also doing a very amazing job together with your team, not just in terms of the podcasting, but also in terms of being the best kind of workplace. <laughs> I see a lot of things that you do new and new things with employee experiences like um, those letters that you put up in the wall and then sugar cubes we call them sugar cubes right yeah yeah yeah, yeah I think uh, you know from the um, work culture perspective one of the things uh, me and my my co-founder uh, you know Sonia we both we've had our own experiences with our bosses in the past right so even when I was working as at that job as a research scientist um, you know it it was very um, sort of, you know, of course, like how most of the corporates are, um, people couldn't talk, they couldn't share what they were feeling, you were put in a box, and you were supposed to do what was given to you, ask no question. And, uh, you know, somehow I couldn't resonate with that, you make a mistake, and the boss will, like, you know, um, um, will will quite literally, like, make make you cry till the time you cry they would they won't you know and and so when I was when I came from that one thing that I knew at my heart was this is the last thing that I want uh if I ever run a company and if there are people working with me this is the last thing that I want them to feel so um you know and uh to to, to so today at wine anybody can share what they are feeling anybody can uh, come up with ideas and of course that's also the beauty of you know running a startup versus um, you know uh, you know somebody who might be running a big company um, you know people can come up with their own ideas their own projects and work on it and uh, uh, and they have a tremendous amount of freedom in what they want to do how they want to do it um, and uh, at the same time have a lot of fun doing it right and uh, so so that's something that I personally resonate with that kind of called culture where anybody is free to come up with idea and do the work the way they would like uh, one thing that I've realized is uh, also we in our culture uh, including myself I'm not you know um, you know in in mostly in the um, you know South Asian countries uh, we are not the people who um you know who who are very we are not somebody who are very dedicated to the work as such and when you give a freedom like you do whatever you do then you know um it's finding a balance between having a bit of a structure and also giving the freedom so that is the balance that i'm string, uh, still trying to uh you know uh, sort of find because um so for instance right so i have friends in europe and when they talk about like when they go to the work then they barely reply back on whatsapp or uh you know or text and stuff like that um and the 
after five, they just shut down the work, right? And in our, uh, you know, in our culture here in India, like people are working till there is no uh, work-life balance. People are working till late in the night. And also it's both ways, right? So the culture is, work culture is such you are expected to stay late in the office. Um, so while, you know, when, when my friends say that, hey, in Europe, people encourage you to, you know, leave office early, go home on time, spend time in the park, play with the kids and so on and so forth. We don't do that. Our The expectation is also for people to sort of, uh, you know, you got to stay back till seven or eight or nine. I remember during my um office uh, or when I was working the person who used to leave the office last was seen as somebody who was the most productive or somebody who was doing a lot of work but which wasn't true right and they were not able to manage their work on their time that's why they are staying late but that was not how the bosses would perceive oh if somebody's staying back that means the person must be doing a lot of work but those were the people who would uh, only start their work after the first half so that they can stay you know late um in the in the night right so um so i think that's that that is something that is ingrained in us that you know people staying back is um and and so on and so forth so we don't have that balance and also on the other hand like the people who work also in that seven eight hours of the time that you are at the office um if you really look at we have never been this distracted we are not giving our 100% at the work, right? And I think barely we are at 50, 60% of the productivity if we really start, you know, tracking the productivity of how productive we are at our work. Um, we probably are at 50, 60% of what we should really be doing. It's not that, um, that oh, you know what, you should be doing a lot of things than your capacity. If we are saying that, okay, if the person said that, yes, this is doable in a week's time and comfortably so, and even if that task is assigned and, you know, if you at the end of the week sit down and uh, work on the, you know, how much of those tasks were really accomplished, then, you know, the productivity would be somewhere around 50, 60%, which is something, you know, that, um, um, so that's where I, you know, that's why I said like, you know, it's, it's about finding that balance between letting people find that work-life balance and not feel that, oh gosh, I've got to go to the office, you know, uh, today as well. Uh, and also business of the work not suffer at the same time. So I think, you know, that's the balance, honestly, I'm trying to find. It happens, it happens. So but by the way, how did the idea of Vine Studios come in? Like you started podcasting, okay, you were a scientist and then you thought, oh, okay, I'll start podcasting. But then Vine Studios, how did the idea came out for that? Um, so, um, you know, when I started my podcast, uh, after one and a half years of doing my podcast, I... I, I left my job because I was consulting CastBox, which is the podcast listening app. They were looking at somebody who can look at India for them. So I joined them as a, a content director for India. And uh, I was curating content for them and doing stuff. And that's also the time when I started, uh, you know, teaching people on how to start podcasts, because a lot of people were like, hey, you know, you know what, you've been doing podcasts for almost two years now, you know, been thinking of starting a podcast, can you help? And I said, I haven't thought about it, I can try. So I put together a program, I I was teaching people, you know, podcast. Um, so I was working from home, this was 2018. I just quit my job, I, you know, I was being paid in dollars, and I was at home, I was coaching people, consulting. So I was making, you know, good money and all of that. But I was bored. I was bored just sitting at home. And I realized that I'm not the kind who can do same thing for a really, really long time. So I need to find some new stuff. Or even if I'm doing the same thing, right, for the 
quite literally for the past six years, I'm the only thing that I'm doing is podcast, but I'm finding new ways to sort of, you know, uh, do things. So I said, okay, I'm bored teaching people how to create podcast on Zoom. I need a vacation. I need a chutti. You know, that's when I said, uh, I spoke to Chetan, I think has been guest on a podcast as well, Chetan Mahajan. Yes. Uh, so he runs Himalayan Writing Retreat um, in the, you know, mountains. So I spoke to Chetan and I said, Chetan, you do these writing retreats. I would love to do a podcasting retreat. And uh, as it sounds like an interesting idea, BJ, let's do it. So July 2019, uh, we put together the first ever Himalayan podcast retreat and uh, 10 people joined that retreat. And uh, it was a three-day program for me. It was, like I said, it was a chutti that I took. I said, okay, three days, I'm going to chill in the mountains. And here are the people who are going to be paying for this. So life sorted. And, uh, you know, Chetan offered that if you want to stay back for a couple of days, feel free to, uh, which was great. So, you know, and third day of that event, one of the um, participants of that uh, workshop, Sonia, she said that, hey, let's have a let's have a chat. We got talking. So the crux of that, you know, conversation that we had uh, in the mountains is that Sonia was trying to do something of her own as well. She was exploring the idea of helping brands share their narrative. She was yet to nail down on what the format is going to be, you know, what medium is going to be and stuff like that. Uh, also, I was thinking of setting up a, you know, um, a, a podcast company. Uh, back then, I had, uh, you know, investors um, who was ready to invest and stuff like that. I was pretty much like, you know, in the process of setting it up. And when we had a conversation, I felt that, you know, hey, she comes from a business background and I've never done a business. So I think it would be an interesting idea to sort of work with her in this. And then I worked with Sonia. You know, we after the crux of that conversation is we decided that, hey, let's do it together. Let's build it together. And uh, we came back from the retreat and September is when we officially registered the company. And yeah, I mean, that's the that's the story of Wine and W-Y-N actually stands for What's Your Narrative? The whole idea is, and we... We keep on, you know, we ask people, Kahani kya hai? So essentially the idea is to help brands share their narrative. Now it's not a pod, only a podcast company. We've now evolved from just being a podcast company to a full-fledged creative content company where we work with brands and then work on uh, entire content spectrum, right? From text, audio, video, interactive content, uh, and so on and so forth. Exactly. And some of your shows have reached millions of uh, listens again, created by Wine Studios, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've done a lot of experimentation. We just mm. love uh, doing that, created different formats, we've created different um, structures, we played a lot with on, on the, diff, you know, on the podcast format. And uh, we have seen most of the original shows that we have produced have been on, uh, you know, number one chart in their respective categories, which is something that has been constant with any of the shows that we have produced, which shows that audience to a certain extent have loved the kind of stuff that we're putting out. And also maybe we know a little bit about uh, what kind of content people want to hear and how we can package it better so that it resonates better with them. Exactly. And uh, a lot of those shows have been loved by vast number of audiences. And they have been even in the narratives. If you listen to those shows, you kind of reach to those places. For example, one of those so practically Bhagavad, Gita. Yeah. yeah it's a, a Srimad Bhagavad Gita yeah, based show. But uh, we said that, hey, you know what, we want to do a Bhagavad Gita podcast, but the common general notion of the people about Gita is like, hey, 
um people look at most of the bhakti side of things right so what that means is people look at most of uh, things like hey you know you just go ahead and become a uh, follower of krishna and uh, you know and and then worship uh, lord krishna and so on and so forth but we said okay we don't want bhakti part in it we just want the practical aspect of that text because there's so much of wisdom that we can use from that text in our everyday lives to deal with our everyday problems and that's why the name in itself is practically gita if you look at the artwork it has got no element of how the traditional you know or religious artwork would look like and uh, the overall uh, vibe of the show we've created is like very casual uh, and fun stuff with a lot of insight in that and i think uh, usually when gita texts are sort of spread or shared with the people they are with serious and um, you know in, in not not in a lot of fun uh, around there so we said not fun in a, a bad sense but you know just making it light hearted for people to digest the information and make sense of what is being shared in the podcast and that um, you know that kind of combination worked like charm and that because that happens to be uh, you know one of our uh, most listened podcasts exactly and uh, talking about reaching millions of people when you started podcasting india was really in an initial stage of podcasting so how did you make your voice reach to the audiences and how confident were you like that how india would receive it um you know the the uh, one of the things when i was saying that hey you know what i want to put out this conversations as podcast i was listening to a lot of podcasts as well outside of india right and there were a lot of shows which would feature you know inspiring interesting stories of successful people outside of india but there were none uh, nobody in india who was doing that kind of podcast and i saw that as an opportunity and i said okay let me do this podcast and let me share you know the indian success stories and that's uh, that's how i started the inspiring talk and when i started like i said there were not so many people doing podcast but the podcast listenership was growing and there was a data that came which said there were 25 million podcast listeners in 2017 which was the year that i started podcast and last year there were almost 100 million that's like you know massive growth in podcast and it's predicted that this year the number is going to go somewhere around uh, you know 170 million but i think we we are easily going to be at somewhere around 200 million right but uh, the point is, uh, when I was doing the podcast, it felt like I was almost like, you know, the one guy sitting in a bedroom and just recording the podcast conversation, don't know who's going to listen and stuff like that. Uh, but the more and more I did it, um, I realized that there were people who were tuning in, there were people who were listening to the conversations that I was doing, and they were finding value in what I was sharing, right? And and that was, I knew that I, I'm a bit early in this game. But I also knew that this is growing. So I knew that it's just about time that when, you know, people will start tuning into podcasting and look what's happening uh, right now. Every creator is now jumping into creating podcasts and uh, Bollywood is jumping into podcasts. Now, quite literally, like, you know, brands are investing heavily into podcasting. So uh, I saw that coming, uh, a very slow growth, but I knew that it's going to happen. So, yeah. I think 200 million is a lot for this year and... One of the reasons it's growing so much is also Vijay Gautam and his podcasting workshops. <laughs> it's so catchy, the advertisement. And you literally give us a lot to, you know, think about. And every day there's something new and insightful that you give us in the weekly lives. So that's awesome, Vijay. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. So, um, you know, and I think um, 
one of the things that I've realized is the people who have gone through the course, right? And uh, today, right, anybody can become a podcaster. And uh, technology makes it easy that you can quite literally download Anchor on your phone and then you can record and then you can become a podcaster, right? But the point is, if you just do that, you are wasting your time, efforts, and energy if you are not putting enough time in understanding and creating something that will help you stand out of the crowd and that's something you know that's what i try to do with the um you know with the course so and there are so many uh, people in in the course who are doing amazing shows you know you are one of those people and uh, also there are people who are winning awards you know there's this award called most empowering podcast award that's given given by women's web and uh, you know two years back to back the students you know of the course will uh, won the award so those are the kind of things that tells me that hey you know what the, whatever people are learning and creating content uh, you know, from this course, they are doing creating much better content than most of the uh, people who just uh, do it without much planning. Exactly. And your course uh, gave us a lot of confidence, to be honest, with creating. And uh, like when I started, I did not know that I could do that in like so quickly. Yeah. So the points that you gave us were very helpful in getting the idea and setting the backbone of the podcast. And I still remember those things and I still keep them in mind and keep the podcast going in that way so that I don't lose hope. And that's the reason I think I reached 37 episodes so far. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I have to reach more because there are people that have given me target. Awesome. It's going to be my hundredth guest. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't even think I would make 50, but okay, now I got to nice. make 99. Yeah. 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 I love uh, doing that as well. Um, you know, when people ask me to become guests, then I say that I'm going to be your 25th episode. And the reason for that is I want you to podcast at least for six months. And if you are not, and you know, if you, if you say that BJ, I loved your program, I want to have you as my first guest. I'm saying, no, nah, I'm not going to become your first guest. What if you just, you know, interview me and lose the steam and then never record a second episode, right? I want you to be consistent till 25th episode and I'm going to be your 25th guest. That's very true, BJ, because I think uh, a lot of motivation, like when I started the podcast and I'm sure with you also, it might've happened that we're not confident with, with, with our guests, like we call them and let's say they say yes now you're like what should i ask and we are very nervous and our first episodes are really awful like mine yeah. in my case i started <laughs> zoom and i did not even know how to use zoom yeah. so my first was so awkward and then the second and the third and then i think that it's good that they are saying that they are going to come late so that we are more prepared with ourselves and now we can have more conversations not just ask and throw questions on our guests you know and be more confident in the conversation, basically, because the more podcasts we take, the more episodes that we are doing, the more we learn with ourselves as well. In your case as well, I think uh, you completed 153 episodes so far, which are amazing. And the quality every day increases. I have followed you from the time that you started in the beginning. And I can see how the growth has been. So the, the guests that you have got in your podcast, so how has that helped with you in the conversations with yourself and changing your life as well? Um, you know, tremendously, uh, if I were to just answer that with one word, but uh, like you said, every single episode, I'm learning so much in those conversations, right? And there is, and, uh, and like I said earlier, it so happens that whatever that I'm looking at learning in my life, I'll go and find the person and help me understand about that topic. And that's what I do on my podcast. If I want to understand about, uh, you know, um, relationships, 
then I'll find a, a relationship expert who can help me understand how one can really create great relationships. If I am trying to, you know, plan my life, then I'll find somebody who can give me a structure that I can use to, um, you know, plan my life. Uh, if I'm looking at, you know, getting uh, better at want to go work out and get better um, and, and become healthy, then I'll find somebody who has done extensive work in that and then who can break down the frameworks uh, for me, right? So from that perspective, um, everything that I, everyone that I bring on the podcast has got something that they are going to share, which is going to help me become better, at least by, you know, few percentages in, in that aspect of my life. And that is something that has always been my focus in uh, in getting the people, right? And that's why I'm not interested in getting big CXOs of the companies, not because there's nothing that I can learn from them. It's just because I'm focused more on personal growth and I'm not looking at talking about, okay, let, tell me, you know, what are your jobs as a CXO? What do you do in your organization and stuff like that? That's not of any interest to me. I'm interested in hearing from people who are make, doing some change, like, you know, bringing some uh, some real value which can help people get better in their life, relationship, business, career, or the other way I put it is mind, body, and soul. So that's, uh, you know, any of those topics fascinates me and I invite people. And uh, right from, like you said, you followed me from the very, very beginning from my own communication skill to how I speak. You know, it has, I, uh, you know, I, I don't... Um, I don't think it would have ever been possible if I didn't do that first episode. And, uh, you know, and oftentimes I meet people, um, I met a blogger who is a very popular one. And I, he, you know, he was telling me that, you know what, BJ, for the first two years of my blogging journey, I wrote so horribly that I was ashamed of them. I deleted all those blogs. I'm like, I don't want those blogs to be out there. But I said, I, I don't want to delete any of my episodes because I want you know, to, I want those episodes to remind myself where I started and also anybody who would like to embark on this journey for them as an inspiration. Hey, look at this is where this guy started and where he is right now. Uh, and I'm not saying that I'm the best communicator. I'm on my journey, but Hey, I know that I have made tremendous, uh, you know, progress in, um, how I, uh, articulate things, how I communicate with people, how I have conversations with people on the podcast, how I ask questions and so on and so forth, right? So um, so I think, you know, that's been a great journey and uh, also learning from some of the people and the fundamental mindset shift happens when you uh, spend a lot of time with people who are making things. Exactly. And I think sometimes when people say that if you have to do that self-growth and change yourself, you need to change your environment. And I think podcasting helps do that a lot because otherwise, where else are we going to find that environment? <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. And coming with that, uh, I have a very nice question for you and asking for a friend. But <laughs> do you feel anxieties every time you take a podcast episode with a new guest? Because I do every <laughs> time a new guest comes and I know that guest and like with you also, I know you and I have talked to you before, even so every time before I start a podcast, I will have some amount of anxiety. Like, Bhagwan, mm -hmm. ye galat na jai, and may I ask good questions and 
may they feel better in my podcast not feel like oh what question is she asking etc do you feel those anxieties and how do you overcome them 100% every single time i feel uh, those questions and uh, honestly i think it's good to have that uh, beautiful anxiety because that shows that you are serious about this if you do not feel any of that then you just don't care right you just don't care the question that you'll ask you just don't care how the interview will go you just will go get on a conversation you record it and we will put it out there it doesn't matter to you right but if you are if you have a little bit of anxiety that means you want it to go right you want to value the person's time you want the best information to come out of the person and it's not just only because what the person will think also because i want to add a lot of value to my audience because i want to extract the information out of this person which is going to add a lot of value to my audience which my audience will feel that wow that was a really great episode with a lot of wisdom and insight in that episode and i think um so uh, how do i overcome it um i would say one thing that i do is i the way i do it is um i prepare it in a way that i you know just go and find every little information that i can find about the guest and put it in a uh, you know evernote and organize all of the stuff and the other thing is um a lot of people invite me on the podcast and and here's the here's the thing that i would say right a lot of people feel that every minute that i spend sharing or doing a small talk that's the time wasted of the guest you know i don't want to waste the time of this person so i would rather say that hey how are you let's get started and just get started right where i'm myself not at comfortable in front of guest the guest himself or herself is not comfortable yet in opening doesn't know who i am uh, and i said okay let's get started then you are not spending that time to form a bond with the guest um taking that time to talk about um the guest and casually trying to understand what's happening in the life and you know one simple thing if you don't know what should i talk about then i would say every single person who's listening to this right now has got at least one thing interesting that's going on in their life and i'm sure your guest will also have something interesting that's going on in your life so like all of us will be like you are so excited about that thing happening in your life you'll we'll talk about it right so maybe your guest has got just you know they just got a uh, they just had a baby or maybe they just got a pet or they just came back from vacation or something or the other exciting that's going on in their life that will get them talking and when they start talking they will start feeling closer to you and you will be at ease your guest will be at ease and then you can have a conversation without those barriers and the second thing that i'll share is a lot of that anxiety also comes from uh, one of my guests taught me is called kaba what he said is chota aadmi bada aadmi syndrome sometimes we think that you know like we feel that you know i'm inferior to my guest so uh, this is a bada aadmi and you know as because this person is uh, you know uh, um, is so successful or what what not um, you know i'm no nothing in front of this person and that is the barrier it took me the longest to break but when i used to sort of uh, get in conversation with a lot of people in the beginning uh, especially the wildly successful people i used to feel that oh my god this guy has done all of this and i have quite literally not done anything in my life you know and that's what i used to feel but then i realized that uh, the the fact that the person agreed to become on your podcast 
means that the person respect what you are doing. And if the person respects what you are doing, you don't have to feel that you are inferior to the person. That's one. And second, while that person might be successful in one aspect of their life, whatever that is, the business, the book they've written, or whatever the reason that you are getting the person does not mean that the person has all their life sorted. Nobody's life is sorted 100%, right? So um, so I think, uh, you know, um, so the the this phenomenon is called halo effect where, uh, you know, if there is one aspect of the person, if if you if you think that the person has this one good quality or this succeeded in one aspect, then we like to assume that this person might be great in the other aspects as well, or is successful in other aspects as well, right? Uh, but uh, but what really helped me is making a deep friendship with some of the wildly successful people. And understanding that they had some broken parts, which was bothering them. And uh, to the point where I felt that I, I don't think I would have, I would exchange my life with theirs, even though they are so successful, but there's such a, you know, broken part and, you know, thing that's, that's going on in their life. Right. So the point being, um, we all um, have something that the other person envies about other person aspire or wish to have. So having that understanding then really eases you out. Like, hey, it doesn't matter if he's like, you know, the um, he's the CEO of the billion dollar company, but I'm sure there is something that the person, you know, um, might have uh, which which is bothering him and stuff like that because nobody um, is 100% person. Maybe there is one thing that you are better than that billionaire, right? So, yeah. Very beautifully said, Vijay. And I think everybody is human that's where we lack to think of our guest as we think they're a million dollar speaker or million dollar company owner but they're all humans so it's kind of good to break that ice and like you said talk about their lives and try to know them and that even proves us that we are really genuinely interested in them and that has helped me a lot so Abhijay one more question that um, when you told your parents that you're switching your scientist job to become a podcaster and start a wine studios how was their reaction to this new switch um so my parents wanted uh, me to go to the us and uh, um i was topper at my college so they knew that i was doing academically well uh, my college uh, uh, you know awarded me as the best student of pharmacy because I was not only the topper, the geeky types, I uh, loved being outside of the classroom, then being in the classroom because I felt lectures were way too boring. Um, so I looked for the opportunity to be outside of the classroom doing extracurricular activities and stuff like that. So I was like this all-rounder. So all my life during my school, I was never a topper. I never thought I could be a topper. So all my life during my you know school time, I did was just did this stuff, right? Uh, you know, leading teams, creating clubs in the uh, in the school, and and taking part in extracurricular activities. You know, uh, debate and speech were my thing. So I would do all of that, and every time there was a speech or debate competition, everybody knew who's going to take the award home. Uh, and you know, so from that perspective, I was doing all of that in my school, right? So when I came to the college, I you know, first day I had nothing to do and. Uh, I focused on study and I I, I surprised myself uh, by being a topper of the class, which was insane. <laughs> and uh, and I uh, and I, you know, and, and again, here's the thing. Here's how the, um, you know, this bias also works. Right. 
And this is a, if anybody who's here, who's in college right now, here's what I would say. Be a great student for the first year of your college. Get the best mark possible. Be the great student. Be the most obedient student for the first year. Next three years are going to be the smoothest as hell. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so I, I, you know, honestly, like now, this is probably the first time that I'm sharing this, um, uh, like confessing this. I only did a lot of hard work in the first year of my college. Other three years were just me getting like reaping the uh, bonus of the impression that was created in the first year. This guy is the topper. Every practical, I would get like 99 because this guy is the topper, right? So, and, and, and sometimes like, you know, in theory, I would get less than a lot of my classmates, but because I, you know, teachers had a bias that this guy is a topper because of the, you know, because of the, like the almost full marks on the practicals that I would get, I would still be the topper. And that continued for the next three years. Mm -hmm. And now I knew that this is going to be, I'm going to remain topper. I did a lot of stuff. Anyways, the point was because of all this, right. Um, I had a really good um, mark sheet. I had a really good um, extracurricular and stuff like that. So my teacher said that, Hey, you should go for the masters and get scholarship and stuff like that. So that you can live a great life for yourself and also create a great life for us. Um, and I was preparing for GRE. I was doing podcast. I would go and study GRE, uh, you know, for a, for a few days. And then that would bore me to death thinking that I already hate my job and I'm going to go in, uh, take masters in the same for the next uh, two years and then leave the rest of my life becoming, you know, in the lab, which is something that I can't imagine. Um, and then I'll go back and focus on podcast. And my parents would notice that he's not, you know, doing any of the GRE prep. And they'll say, hey, what's up with this? Then I'll say, oh, okay, I'll go there. And this kind of switching happened for a while. And then one day I told them that, hey, you know what? This is not what I want to do with my life. I packed all my, uh, you know, GRE stuff and um, threw it in the corner of the house and said, okay, this is it. Just give me one year of my life. If I'm able to make anything out of this, Great. If not, then I'm going to live the rest of the life in your terms. But I need one year of my life from you. And uh, um, and my dad ended up not talking to me for two weeks. Um, but they didn't open their mouth for the next one year. And they didn't say anything for the next one year because they knew he's going to fail. They knew that after a year, he's going to go to the US and do his master's and then whatever, whatnot. Uh, but then within one year, I quit my job and I was doing a lot of stuff and uh, we've never looked back. So, so yeah. That's wonderful. But how do they feel now that you're so successful with the podcasting that you asked for a year and now you're doing great at it? Now they are happy. They, don't, they still don't understand what exactly do I do and, uh, you know, uh, and how do I make money. But, uh, uh, but they're, they're happy about the fact that, uh, you know, and now the thing is, um, Oh, you know what? I didn't say anything at that time. Like I was so supportive of you. My mom is that. <laughs> uh, even though she was like, she was not on, she was playing very diplomatic. She was on neither dad's side. <laughs> While she was on dad's side, I knew, but she didn't say it loud that, oh, you know what? You should do it. Forget about it and stuff like that. And now she says, I never told you, no. I told you, you do whatever you do, which again, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. So yeah, playing on the safe side. That's yeah. good, man. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thing to learn from moms as well through this podcast. <laughs> All right. Vijay coming towards the travel part of this podcast. So um, 
tell us about your life in Nepal. I'm so interested in the culture of Nepal and yeah. it's a beautiful place where you come from. So tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about your place. So I think uh, what I would say is, uh, you know, a lot of places in Nepal are still untouched. Untouched in the sense, like a lot of people go to Pokhara. So Pokhara is this tourist, one of the most popular tourist tourist destinations outside of Kathmandu in Nepal. Um, because of the, there's a lake called Fewa Lake, which is a beautiful, beautiful lake uh, in Pokhara. And that has been a tourist place for, uh, you know, for a really, really long time, right? And that's one of the one of the places which get most of the tourists, other than Lumbini, which is the birthplace of Gautam Buddha, and you know they do have temples and stuff like that, right? So, so that's one. But there is other lake in Nepal called Rara Lake, which I would say is ten times beautiful than uh, Fewa Lake, right? Um, and that lake is now just some of in the past few years only some of the domestic tourists have started going there before that like it was untouched so even today it's like almost untouched it's it it's best like you know there are so many such places so nepal tourism's one uh, you know tagline which is naturally nepal once is not enough uh, and, you know, that is something that I think it's so true about the country. You just can't explain it in words. You have to go to experience it there. Exactly. I want to, but I don't know when I can. I so want to visit Nepal. And where is your hometown, by the way? What's it called? Um, so we originally come from a place called uh, Bagnung, which is 70 kilometers from Pokhara. And okay. uh, so from one tourist place to we move to another place uh, right now, the place that we live in is 50 kilometers from Lumbini, which is again, um, the birthplace of Gautam Buddha. So, yeah. Wow. See, you get to see so much just in your hometown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. And you had an experience with bungee jumping. So tell me a little about that experience. Oh yeah. So um, again, right. So this place near, uh, you know, Pokhara. So my grandmother used to, uh, you know, live there. So I was there. Um, I think it was 2019, just before COVID. Yeah, it was just before COVID. I was there. So uh, you know, my grandmother just turned 84, and when anybody leaves um, and turn 84. Uh, you know, there is a puja that uh, family organizes, and you know, it's like a big affair that somebody you know lived so long. Funny thing, my, my grandmother at eighty four, she used to in the village like climb trees and get get this stuff for the uh, you know yeah yeah for the buffaloes cows buffaloes not cows that we had in our home. She was super active and you know her eyesight is better than mine. She uh she I don't I I don't have any hair left. She her hair at eighty four. I think she's not even completely white right now. She has got uh she still has uh, sixty percent of black hair left on her awesome. head. So um so anyway so um so during that puzzle light I was I was going there and then um so there one of the I think it's one of the easiest highest bungee jump. And world's second highest bungee jump, uh, it's some 210 meters or 270 meters. I don't remember what exactly, uh, what's the height was. I think it was 210 or 270. I'll have to check. Um, so, um, so yeah, so it is one of the second highest, uh, you know, in terms of length. And one of the things with me is I love adventure and I don't think about it before I get there. A lot of people think you know, overthink with things. Oh, you know what, if I'm going to go on a bungee, how, you know, they are going to tie the, you know, this thing here. Oh, what if I, you know, I don't think any of those. I'm like, okay, I want to do it and I'll just go 
there and then just I'm standing there at the cliff. And that's where I think that, oh, fuck, am I really doing this? <laughs> and then there's no point about, you know, there's no point thinking about it now, right? Uh, so so that's that's who I am, right? So I've done, uh, you know, paragliding. Uh, the same thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and do it. Like a lot of excitement, a lot of adrenaline. And like the moment we jump off the cliff, like, oh, really, are we doing it? And like, there's no way, um, t- there's no no going back, right? And that's me. Uh, the same with rafting and so on and so forth, right? So I, I love doing, uh, doing the, you know, um, being part of adventure sports. And, uh, you know, bungee happened that way as well. Like a lot of my, you know, quite few of my friends uh, from Pokhara said that, hey, you know, seven of us are going for bungee. Would you like to join since you are here? I said, well, that would be great. So I think we're eight of us who went there. And uh, and then I was standing there at the cliff and the guy said that don't look down and just keep moving. And I said, there's nothing left in this, uh, at, in the edge. Where do you want me to move? <laughs> and he said, uh, okay, then now jump. And I'm like, oh, what are you saying? Like, am I supposed to jump here? And he said like, okay, three, two, one. And he pushed me off the, <laughs> off the edge. Uh, um, so I think um, that jump, that particular, you know, uh, place, uh, and every bungee jump has their own. Um, so the the best thing that you enjoy in bungee jump is the free fall. The you know number of seconds where you don't like the free fall. It's called right where you uh, just jump off. And before um, you know you fall to the place where the thread becomes tight, and then it starts holding you. Right. So it takes almost four seconds uh, for that to happen. You jump off, and for four seconds you feel nothing. You don't feel the rope because the rope is like letting you go down, down and it's not tight yet. For four seconds, I was like, fuck, am I alive? And like, what's going on? I couldn't, I, it was like, you know, it was such a beautiful feeling. You just feel nothing. You just can't, you just don't feel anything. Right. And, mm. and then, then, uh, and then when the thread gave a bit of a jock and I'm like, okay, I'm alive. And that's <laughs> when, you know, it, it, it that's, uh, um, yeah, I think, you know, that, uh, after that, um, I think I also ended up shooting a video while on the uh, mm, jump, I saw that. Uh, yeah that was awesome I I'm didn't still know giving, the background yeah still, <laughs> yeah still giving the gan there so um so yeah but uh but that four seconds um of nothingness if I may is something um that was very very beautiful and I would love to I know I, I I'm scared af uh, but I think if anybody said that hey let's go bungee then I won't say no like okay let's do it so <laughs> yeah and then when you're at the edge, you'll be like, let's rethink yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, now I'm like, you know, on my head, I'm like, well, damn, it, it's almost feeling that my mind probably is bursting like as if I'm going to jump off the cliff right now. So, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. We didn't know the behind the scenes, but this was. Yeah. But I think it's, um, I, I would highly encourage anybody to sort of, you know, experience it once a lifetime. So, I mean, it's, it's great experience. Next, you got to do the skydiving. Yeah, I mean, that's on my list. That's like the next thing that's on my list. The skydiving, I keep on seeing the uh, Dubai thing. Um, and, you know, that's definitely on my list. Mm-hmm. In the Dubai one, they tell you like, I'm like, uh, it's too hot in Dubai. So how is it like, but then you're so in the air that you don't feel the hot there. Mm-hmm. You feel really cold. Also, yeah. then when your body is in the survival mode, you know, yeah. you're you're pretty much jumping off a plane. So. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so at that point of time, you don't feel anything and your body does wonders with you. That's when you're at the edge of anything, you know, that's when you know that your body is way more beyond and beautifully made than what you can 
really imagine sitting that's at so home. Beautiful, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> All right. So there was a, a time when you got your first mic and that was a very beautiful story. And what really touched me was the mic that didn't work out well for somebody else's life changed your yeah. life. Mm. That was beautiful. While one yeah. dream was dying, another started. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad and beautiful both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I started, you know, um, when I said that I want to start a podcast and, um, you know, I was like, okay, if you want to do a podcast, then you need a microphone, right? And uh, I realized that I won't be able to afford new microphone that was on Amazon. I think it was um, for some 20,000 bucks. And I said, okay, I can't afford this mic for 20K. Then what's the next option? So I turned to OLX and I saw this guy was selling this microphone and I, I texted him and I said that, hey, would you like to sell the microphone to me? And he said, okay, what's your offer? I told him, this is how much I can give. And, and he agreed and, and and we planned a fixed date and I met him uh, at Metro Station. Um, I think it's one of the old Delhi side Metro Station. I don't remember what exactly the Metro Station was. Uh, so I met this guy there at the Metro Station he comes with this box of the microphone, like whole packaged. It was almost as if it was a new mic, you know, from the box and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I sat down there in a metro station. I opened my laptop, I connected it, I checked it if it's working fine and stuff like that. It was working all right. And then uh, while I was making the payment, I asked him, um, hey, why are you selling this mic? And he said something, right? He said, uh, you know, my sister... She was a singer. She used to uh, sing the song. And recently she got married and she's not going to be singing anymore. And at that moment, I felt that here is one dream that just died with this microphone. And my dream is just getting started. And, uh, you know, that was something, you know, that's how I sort of, you know, got that microphone. And I recorded that mic for almost two and a half years or three, and later on, I bought another one mic. But that mic, you know, serves as a reminder that, um, you know, you can always, you know, start your dream. You can always start on the journey, uh, whatever that journey might be for you, whether you've been thinking of writing a book or starting a podcast or uh, taking up course or moving to a new country, whatever that could be, there can always be a new beginning. And that's something... Uh, it's so profound for me when when he shared that that you know when he shared that you know my sister she's not going to be singing anymore it felt so bad at one part and also on the other part I was so excited that I have this microphone uh, which I'm going to be using to create podcast and that was that was a you know really really um, you know mixed feeling uh, that I had at that moment at that in that metro station yes and that's that's a very, very beautiful story. Every time I read it and every time I talk about it, it's, it's, it's always beautiful to hear that. <laughs> Any last message for our listeners and viewers? Um, I think uh, I would say, you know, um, keep exploring. One of the things that I think that has changed my life more than anything is exploring you know, and we all are exploring in our lives. And uh, that goes with the theme of the podcast as well. Yes. Um, you know, um, so when you're ex exploring, I to some extent also connect with curiosity, where be genuinely curious about things, right? Uh, 
whatever that is about life, about toughest questions that you want to answer in your life, or about the career that you want to do, or the things that are happening in the world generally, I think curiosity is such a, uh, you know, such a beautiful thing that leads to discovering and exploring a lot of, uh, you know, things in your life. So, you know, when you're when you're curious, you're exploring a lot of things. And when you're exploring a lot of things, then you might end up uh, discovering something which can really, really lead your life somewhere. So that's what I would say. And I'm honestly on the same journey as everyone else is. Thank you for bringing this up because Inspiring Explorers when I started and the name is really confusing, but then I went with it because my heart was in Inspiring Explorers. I wanted the inspiring life journeys and then I wanted people like Bijay to come on my show and then share their stories as well. So both in their journey of life as well as traveling. So. Thank you for putting this up together for us. So thank you so much, Bijay, for being on Inspiring Explorers and sharing such amazing insights and stories and inspiring us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Minakshi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really enjoyed. Same here. So this was Bijay's inspiring life journey so far and some interesting travel experiences. Thank you so much for giving your precious time to this podcast. If this episode was inspiring and insightful, please subscribe to my YouTube channel or come connect with me on my Instagram at the rate mypohovoyage. All links to reach out to me and my guests are mentioned in the description box below. Do check. Also, the video version of the episodes are on my YouTube channel. Links in the description. Also, please don't forget to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. Send me a hi or drop a comment so that I know we are in this journey together. This is Manakshi, your host for Inspiring Explorers, saying goodbye. See you next time with another amazing inspiring interview. Till then, take care.